it is wonderful to have you here today. Sadly, Simone is not with us today because she is out petition collecting to run for office and she may uh, just not be appearing in episodes for a while now, which is a little frustrating for me. But oh, by the way, one of the really fun episodes I'm going to do while she's not with us, because I've been meaning to do this forever as an episode, but I haven't gotten to it, is I want to do a review. And if you ever want to join me on this, this could be fun to do, of all of the AI porn websites. Um, have you looked into Ooh. any of these? Not recently. I did like a like a year or two ago, but that's like a decade in AI timelines. Oh, yeah. So, okay, sorry. Before we get further on the intro, I just got to tell you about these because they're really interesting. Yeah. So they typically right now seem to fall into like one of three categories. One is a category of AI sites that like nudes photos of women. Like, so anyone who you're friends with, you can submit your photos to them. I was going to try it with photos of my wife. Like one morning I actually got interesting and I started submitting photos to my wife to see what, what she would look like. So I'm going to keep it wholesome <laughs> if I do. Another one, what yeah. they do is... You choose specific profiles of women, um, but they're like a, a like a, a cat girl meets you at a stream in like this fantasy world, or like you have an elf girl as like a slave or whatever, you know, right? Like, and you can chat with these individuals, and then you can ask for photos of these individuals in specific contexts, which is really interesting. And then the final category is creating women. So you give a set of parameters that you would like like a woman to be, and then the AI system would create a woman that fits that set of parameters, and you can now ask for photos of this woman and chat with her. Like, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, because I think you'd have interesting... Would you like to know more? You can chat with her now? Like, do they, when it's integrated with the chatting? Yeah, so it's integrated with the chatting. So they'll integrate the personality and, and, and background and jobs you give her with the chat feature. Damn. And then you also get porn of her. Does she like sexy talk? Yeah, but you have to pay for the individual pics. So you pay for credits and then the credits get porn of her. What I was going to do if I did an episode on this is I was going to create like artificial Simones and try to like ask them for porn of them. And I, I actually got bored <laughs> and tried this one morning because I was like, I want to see pictures of my wife. But like, unfortunately, the pictures that they gave me did not look enough like her. And I got sad and left. Yeah, I don't think we're quite there yet, but I think we'll, we'll be there soon. Once we're there, it's going to be incredible. You can just like have custom wife porn all the time. Right? And when she's not up in the morning yet, I can go online because that's what I'm, mm -hmm. when I was doing this. I was like, oh, I want to talk with my wife, but she's not up yet. Can I create like an AI simulacrum of her to talk to? No. Well, what are uh, different ways you think AI will be used in the, in the sex industry? Other I mean, than I don't know. Videos? I mean, I recently... I've been seeing photos of me around the internet with different faces on me, which is upsetting. And they're probably just using like face up for this right now, but it's probably going to become an AI thing pretty shortly. Where it's just like use Ayla's body as a template. And I'm a little offended by it. Actually, I'm going to ask you about offense questions. So there was something that Simone said she'd find offensive, but I was like, it's kind of flattering in a way. So there was a guy in Japan or Korea or something who his wife ended up divorcing him because he would hire prostitutes that looked like her when she was younger. And I was like, that's kind of flattering. What are your thoughts on that? Would you find that offensive? Uh, I mean, I'd probably find it painful. <laughs> like it's painful well, to I not- I guess it highlights that you're older now, right? Yeah, it's painful to like be losing out on sexual access because your physicality is not sufficiently attractive. That's like a quite painful thing. Mm. Well, okay. So then you, you having other women with their face on your body, what specifically is triggering a negative emotional reaction around this? I don't know. It's, I don't normally, normally like the thing that you're worried about is like somebody taking your face and putting it on a nude so people can imagine you naked, but it's like yeah. your identity. But this is like somehow the reverse. It's like, it's my body, but like I'm erased out of it in some way. And that feels like shockingly dehumanizing in a way I didn't expect. Maybe just because I didn't expect people to do this at all. I'm like, what the hell is the motivation? It, or I don't know. Because well, like, the motivation maybe, is that they want these other people naked, right? They want sexual access to someone who's not you. Yeah, well, I'm not even sure it was a real face. It wasn't even like a person. It was just like a generic face that wasn't mine. And so that they could like sit, do it and like sort of steal it without it getting credit to me or something. Oh, and then they would upload them. Oh, that's... Oh, that's yeah. So like people story. reporting like, "Hey, is this you? Like, mm -hmm. this is your body? It's just like a generic. It wasn't a person. It was just 
and I'm like, that is, that was me. God damn it. You're like erasing my identity from a thing. It's almost like something that plagiarizes your work somehow. Yeah, well, no, it is. Well, it, it, so so I didn't actually finish the intro here because I got so sidetracked okay, by sorry. interesting talk about pornography. So Ayla is, you know, I was actually thinking today and I was trying to think, is there another, because I've written a book on sexuality, a best-selling book on sexuality, The Pragmatist Guide to Sexuality. Check it out. It sells for like 99 cents. It's really good. Through the ebook. I have a couple yeah. copies. Yeah, I say you like it. Yeah. So Ayla, as somebody who like is deeply interested in this field, I was thinking you are probably the best sexual researcher in human history. And then I was thinking, does Kinsey beat you? And I was like, not really. Kinsey is more like the Freud of human sexual research. He mm -hmm. is important because he had the idea to do it, but his research was terrible. So you're probably the single <laughs> best researcher on a huge chunk of humanity. And you have such low self-esteem. I always seen your, your your things. You're like, oh, I can't really be that great. Or like, I remember one recently was like, are people really that bad at marketing themselves? And I'm like, Ayla, you don't understand. Like you are top fraction of a fraction of a percent of intelligence and agency in the human population. Um, people really are that bad, which is fun to talk to you about sexuality because most people don't talk about this subject. And what I had planned in this episode talking about was people need to check out this new Substack she's done. It is data-driven advice on how to be good in bed. And it is data-driven, not just from one of maybe the most sexually experienced people in human history, but also one of the most deep sexual researchers in human history. Like you are not going to get, this is not like woo shit. Like this is not like you're going to like, I'm going to, you gotta, because sexual advice stuff, like if you go to like sexuality coaches, it's all woo. Like, like from the stuff I've seen, it's all like half of it is healing crystals and half of it is sex stuff. She is like hard data, um, which is really cool. Um, but uh, so I, I'd love to get to this data, but I'm actually having fun on this topic of the future of like online sex stuff. So do you have other thoughts on where things are going with this stuff? I'm even thinking like if I was going to blue sky, I can give you one of my thoughts on how I might use AI. Yeah. I might take uh, like audio. So like somebody could take, like suppose somebody wanted to engage with someone like my wife sexually, right? Like was in an online environment. They could download like the hours and hours because we do an episode every day of our podcast of podcast episodes, create a synthesized personality by separating out the woman's voice, put that into an AI system and have that respond to them. Now I'm thinking of this selfishly because I was actually like, okay, well, if I wanted to engage with a good emulation of my wife, that's what I should do because then I could talk to her without distracting her from the important work she's doing. But you could also then do this with like pictures of women or video feeds of women to create a fully like really authentically synthesized woman. What, what, what are your thoughts? On, well, and then what this is interesting and from an evolutionary perspective is it gives all men access to the highest quality woman possible from a masturbatory standpoint. Yeah, this is, I mean, like it's more than masturbation is direct. Like uh, this is part of why OnlyFans is so successful is because it gives you direct personal access to the woman as opposed to porn. Because people are always like, why am I paying for porn when I could just get porn free? I'm like, turns out there's a huge market for personalized shit. So yeah, I think there's like probably... A, like it's like a more personalized masturbation, which sounds great. From my end, I'm in, I'm interested in it because like as an OnlyFans girl, I would love to outsource my content. I would love to just like press the button and have like the Ayla simulation, you know, like talk and live stream and do videos for my guys. That sounds wonderful because like I, it's nice. I enjoy, I do genuinely enjoy like being slutty and promiscuous on the internet, but like Honestly, I have taken so many naked photos of myself. I kind of want to shoot myself every time I take a nude now. It's just too much, and it would be nice. I just want it to happen. You know? People should know you created a contest around this like a year ago, like early, early AI. You are cutting edge. Yeah. So you had all this huge data bank of images, and you created a contest for somebody to create a really good ALA generator. Can you talk about this? Yeah, we'd, we'd want to see if we could like use AI, basically, can we make this happen? If it turns out, no, none of the people competing were really quite good enough because I think in order to work, it has to be relatively photorealistic mm. because people just, it's not that exciting to view something that you can tell is AI. So we well, just, I think I you literally did it the first moment somebody had the idea of doing something like this. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I've be, I've been in the AI world, the AI safety world for long well before ChatGPT or AI started picking up in the last few years. So this has been like in the, the stream, like pretty advanced on it, but well, it's just not ready. People would know this about you as as outsider. Just you know, like Ayla is really, really high status within the AI safety world in the EA sphere. Like among the type of people who are nerds about like Scott Alexander stuff, you're going to get maybe a third of them who are nerds about Ayla stuff. <laughs> it, well, and you go to a lot of the conferences and stuff like that, because I think like your number one main squeeze is also in that space. Yeah. Yeah. One of my partners is president of Miri. So that helps. Yeah. But Sorry, I, you space, no, I met him. We were both in the same circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is interesting that you're in all these these intellectual circles, and some people who follow you as an outsider might not know that that you're pretty high status within these intellectual circles. Um, well, so I was thinking, if you could automate yourself, what could you offer that no one else is offering right now? I guess through a really high volume of images. Like I'm wondering if there's arbitrage opportunities for you as a businesswoman here. So you have an unusually high number of images of yourself nude compared to other women. You mm -hmm. could process these images, create a better ALA generator than other people, but you'd need to, it seems like a lot of the stuff with the AI stuff is good personality attachments. How would you handle that? Do you have a big feed of like video feed or or video the backlogs or something like that you could use to try to create that or would you try to simulate it? Like like for personality wise, just to be clear? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have tons of footage of interviews on podcasts and there's a bunch of like porn stuff. I I would love to have more of me to talk to people because I think I'm like relatively... I have some some stuff to offer and I just don't have the time or inclination. I'm like a pretty solo person. I don't like hanging out with other people that much. I'm very private in the sense that the way I spend my time. And so it would be nice to like have somebody like an Ayla clone go out and do all that for me. I would love that. I love that idea too. That is, that is fun. Well, I mean, so then I know you, you've been thinking about maybe doing a podcast or something like that. Has that moved forwards or are you more focused right now on the, the, the sex guide blog? Well, probably give you a good at sex podcast. So the plan is we uh, bring a bunch of women together and talk about what makes sex good. And we have some variations on this. I don't want to give away too many details, oh. but I'm pretty excited. I have an idea. Do you want me? Yeah. I mean, are you connected with like, like documentary type teams and stuff like that? Like, have you thought about pitching this to like Netflix and stuff? Do you, I mean, do you have connections uh, there? Because I have a few. Well, the thing is, I'm not sure that Netflix would result in the level of revenue that I'm interested in. Ah, oh yeah, because you want to gate content access. Good idea. Okay. Yeah, like right now, it's this is turning into my full time job. Basically, it's like paying me more than OnlyFans does. So. Well, education. Your brain is now paying you more than. I know, it was, and it's so fulfilling. I love it. So, I'm again. I don't not degrading. Like I'm like happy doing sex work and stuff. But like, it's, I'm a little burned out, and I would love to just do something that engages my brain. And getting paid for it is so exciting. It's also less yeah. freaky because there's always this background insecurity that like my looks are going to run out, and then I can't continue earning money through sex work. And but this is like, oh, I could keep doing this for quite some time, even after I start looking really ugly. So it's like it's not really a background piece realistically that's going to happen i mean we in our society aren't supposed to tell women that but like objectively mm -hmm. the, the the that's going to happen and and yeah. i think that being very shrewd in how you are backstopping your career which is also really interesting i think that some people don't think about with, with people like you is they think that they you know like you don't recognize this and you aren't like doing career planning stuff and and you absolutely are I know it's like a weird sort of like outside I don't know it's not a quite typical mind fallacy that people do but I get this a lot when when I talk about like running an orgy people are like oh she's gonna fuck so many people watch out for the STD spread and I'm like do you if you do you not think about the logistics like if you think about if you were going to run an orgy what would you do you would probably require STI it's like a very basic thing that people like aren't they just sort of jump to the conclusion of what the final salacious result will be and not be like, wait, if you logically try to plan something like this, you would probably install fail safes or, or like good yeah. safety measures. Uh, and so it's a very similar with like sex work. People are like, ah, she's going to get old and then be upset when nobody loves her. I'm like, did you not 
did you not think that maybe I have thought about this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, right, you're right. Oh my God, I am gonna age. Oh my God, nobody ever heard to me. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I don't understand. It, it reminds me of the end of Clueless when the the lady who owns a cigarette company and smokes cigarettes every day, and the girl goes, "You know those things cause cancer." And she's like, "Oh my God, no one ever told me." Like, <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's the same as us. I think a lot of people just don't put a lot of thought into the people that they're attacking within online environments. Like, look at these attacks. Like, oh, they want to replace the world with people who look like them and like like their genetic stock. And like, I'm like, that's not something we've ever said. And they're like, but their genetic stock is flawed because they have glasses. And it's like, you don't want to replace people with people. Or like, oh, they must be racist. And I'm like, we are like virulently not racist. And they're like, oh, I don't know about that. You want people to have more kids, but you're not racist. I don't see how those two things could correlate. And it's like, what? Yeah, it's it's, I, I it's, it. it. it's a shame. It's like something I had to update to that people are going to attack versions of you and not you. Like when I was going yeah. into the, being public, I was like, oh, okay, I'm ready for people to criticize who I am. But it turns out they don't. They just make up like a straw person about you and then criticize that. And you're like, wait, wait, no, that's, it's a, hard, a lot harder to handle, I think. Yeah, well, no, it is. And can you hear me okay, by the way? I, I got like, yeah, a little thing Yeah, somebody's screen. mowing outside. Can you still hear me okay? No, I don't hear it at all. I awesome. made a mistake and I got a little alert on my hearing. Okay. Anyway, no, so it's really interesting. I don't know how much press you get. Like, we get a decent amount of press. Yeah, and I see a lot. Really I see a lot. Interesting things is I begin to get a feel of the different types of attack articles where one type of attack article, and they are not correlated with the prestige of the, the newspaper. One type of attack article we get pretty frequently is it's clear that somebody read the title of another attack article, but didn't pay for the article. The Guardian does this really frequently. Where, Interesting. Where they will write an attack article and it's clearly based on the title of another article, but not having paid for the article. <laughs> wow, that's... That's, is it like super glaring? Like they like cite facts that are from like before the paywall or something? Yeah, yeah. So they'll cite facts from before the paywall and then they'll say other things that are like something that someone would intuit. Like they'll say stuff like we do like explicitly racist things, which like is very obvious even if you had read the article that we spoke against that. But like they hadn't read the article. They're just like, oh, they're pronatalists. They must be racist. Yeah. Or, or where this was really obvious to us is one of the articles on us insinuated that we were billionaires. And then a bunch, they said billionaires like Elon Musk, but it had a picture of want people to have more kids. And so then when other people wrote articles on that, they would say, we are billionaires. And so yeah. there's a huge genre of article, Malcolm and Simone are billionaires out there right now. <laughs> I mean, it's not like an awful reputation to have, but do you have any like positive like attack articles on you out there? Like, like no, usually the articles aren't explicitly attack because I think you are more like susceptible to the woke, like or like more of an easy target for the current mm -hmm. cultural war because like you're associated with like, are you right wing? Are you being trad? Are you weird sex people? Nobody fucking knows. And me, I'm just like mm -hmm. a sex worker, and I think this confuses people because like a lot of the mainstream media right now is sort of like at least lip service pro sex work. So I think this has confused a lot of the ways that people talk about me. Normally, I'm in I'm in media that I didn't volunteer to participate in because people are reporting on something outrageous that I've tweeted. Um, and then that that will get do the same repeat. Like there will be like one big article that somebody writes like, hey, look at this insane thing. She didn't shower very much. And then there's be like a whole string of other articles where people are like copying over that information. I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> no, but I, I, well, I mean, of, of the attention economy, you grab a lot of it. I love that. Very, very good at that. It's not um, really that intentional, to be clear. It's like, normally I'm like, I didn't know this was the thing, guys, but okay. But by the way, I don't know if this has happened to you. One of the types of articles that now we watch out for a lot is somebody spotted us meeting publicly with a friend. And now like that entire friend group doesn't talk to us. And like now we cannot meet publicly with people anymore. Like I can't go publicly to restaurants with friends. I can't like, it's really weird. Like I didn't expect this to happen as quickly. Have you had that happen to you? I'm like somebody was like, hey, no, I, no, I don't think I have the hate attention of mainstream publications in the same way you do. For some reason, mm. I, I'm more this of just like a 
this is this is this is Julia Black, a stalker who, who you know uh, yeah. well who I don't have a, a stalker like that. There, I, it is a little weird though, because like I have met with, I've hung out with some people like at conferences, like publicly. I'm talking to people who, like maybe their reputations could be damaged by mm -hmm. seeing associated with me, but you know nothing happens. So, I think maybe I just like don't have a like you. Are, you have a thing. I think you're like like easily uh, compressed into sort of a trope, which is like the pro natalist mm. racist or something. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't think I'm like quite as like the weird sex worker is like less of a powerful trope. So I think I'm less vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that outsiders look at this. They're like, oh, well, I think the trope that you get grouped into, which you don't fall into at all, is and it's interesting. It's actually almost as strong as us. So with us, we're pronatalists, but we're really anti-racism and we try to signal that really loudly, but people don't always notice. You are a sex worker, but you are also, I, I consider a very high tier intellectual and you try to signal that, but a lot of people probably like group you in with like sex worker must be bimbo. Um, I get those comments so much. It's like, why is anybody taking this horse seriously? I get that constantly. Or like, she's a sex worker opinion discarded. It's like a, almost like you could copy paste that comment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, how could you, you are, uh, and, and for people who don't know, we hang out with like a lot of the quote unquote, like dissident intellectual class. She is pretty much universally respected within that community as an intellectual. Uh, other people might not be out there saying that. So one thing I wanted to talk about before we end this, cause, cause this was actually what prompted me to reach out to you about this was a chart that you put together of how much women like it, how much men do it of sexual fetishes. Yeah. Or less, it's like a little bit more sex acts as opposed to fetishes, but there are some fetishes in there. Yeah. And to encourage people to get your thing, I am going to gray this out so people won't know if their thing is on here or not. But you also put into this what was really interesting is the standard deviation for like ratings. Like, is there less variance or more variances? Is this one of these things that people either hate or love? Or is it something that like most people agree on? There was one thing that really surprised me on here a lot, actually. And it was that almost no women like this. And it was, he doesn't care that much if you come or not, which is interesting because I've actually heard the opposite from women or in a lot of sources that I knew, which is that women don't like when a guy is overfocused on whether or not she came. Now, of course, in the also in the negative camp is like thinking you came when you didn't came, asking you if you came if you didn't come. So it's basically like he needs to make you come, but not be concerned yeah. about it. But it was really fascinating to me. I was wondering yeah. if you had thought on that. Like, is this something you expected when you were doing this, or I was also pretty surprised by this result. But I guess it like makes sense if you think about it. Like, I have another one in there that's like he's disappointed if you don't come, and like people are much more split on this. So it's like a weird thing where he has to care and, but like he can't, you're right. He has to like thread the needle. My guess is that women don't want to feel pressured. Like, oh shit. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like I need to come like, but they want him to care a little bit, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So I'm trying to think what are some of the ones that are the most, she likes it, but men always never do it. One that's a real outlier here is he wants to role play non-consent. Our, one of our other videos was you as on non-consent parties. So this, if we speak of female male arbitrage, this is a huge area of arbitrage. Women like non-consent more than men do it. Yeah, absolutely. This is, I mean, this is one of the most, the things that appears in my data, like regardless of the study I do or what I'm measuring, like women wanting to be, submit more than men want to dominate is just basically across the board. And again, like we were saying, like in like, recently that like sadism tends to be one of the subclasses in which this is pronounced, but it's a pronounced all over. Uh, I think and it should make sense. Like men are like afraid of being dominant and like maybe men legitimately aren't dominant, which is a kind of weird topic in itself. But yeah, absolutely. Women way more into Talk to that sex. weird topic. Maybe men aren't dominant. What have you seen in this area? Well like what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, so this is one of the very, very early things that got me into sex research. I was actually listening to Jeffrey Miller give a talk in 2000. Mutual friend, by the way. I really, I, we haven't had him on the podcast. I'm gonna make a note. Continue. Oh, yeah, you said, he's great. But this is, I met him back in 2018 when he was, I was living in New York and he was there and he was like giving a little talk to the rationalists, I think. And I remember being like, whoa, he's, 
I asked him, you know, why are more men dominant than women are submissive? And he like, he didn't really know, which makes sense because nobody fucking knows. It turns out this has been like one of the biggest focuses in my research since then. And like, there's various theories, but I don't have a good sense of why. Like one, it's like maybe it's this testosterone thing and testosterone levels are dropping. So everybody's getting more submissive. Maybe. Maybe it's like the so gay I can theory. I can give you an answer. I know the answer. Yeah. If no. you look at the, I know I actually do know the answer. I can give you the answer. Okay, okay. Okay. If you look at the genetic data from the agricultural transition period in human history, so this is like right when we were transitioning to an agricultural society in the early agricultural period, 14 women would have children for every one man that would have children. So mm -hmm. you didn't need this to appear at the same rate across men. For some men, it was about just not dying and having one or two kids. Whereas for the, the dominant chieftains, women would co conglomerate toward them. So you don't need men and women to perfectly match. Uh, men need to either be super dominant when they're in the chieftain or king role, or be submissive and knightly to the, to the extent that they're able to follow a chieftain or king, which is a different psychological subset. I, yeah, I think that this is a theory. I think this is related to my, my gay uncle theory, where some men sort of self-selected out because of like fewer men reproduce than women. Although I hadn't tied it specifically to the concept of like the chieftain thing. But I'm not totally convinced about this, though. Ooh. Like, Tell me what you think is bad about think, this theory. I mean, if 14 well, women were breeding for every man, that's 14 women to one man. That's what was happening on average. That means that many men had 30 wives. Right. But like, like could we not say something like, oh, say the dominant man reproduces at like a much higher rate. The dominant genes get spread. Or, but like maybe there's some, some mitigating oh, factor for some of the men of his genes, like, are deliberately are not competing like why waste resources on them at all like they have to have some sort of comparative advantage and it seems weird to not like be spending all of the genes on the thing that has the max advantage like like things tend to be just really competitive in that way and similar to like why like i think the gay uncle the like literally the gay uncle theory part is bad because like a gay like why would you spend genes on having a gay man like the selfish gene theory like those genes there's no such good of the group kind of thing. I don't know. I'm not really expressing myself super Let's clearly here. Gay, I'm sorry. I'm going to take the gay uncle theory, split it out here. First of all, what you said was really smart. I like it, and I'm probably wrong. You convinced me I'm probably wrong there. Okay. Well, gay I don't uncle theory. I don't know. I'm just saying you're not necessarily right. I'm saying just, I don't know. It's not enough gay information. Gay uncle theory is the theory that gay men have either they invest in childcare for their siblings in a way that increases the number of kids they can have, or they have siblings of gay men who have kids, particularly women, have female offspring that are more feminine than they otherwise would be. They're the two iterations of the gay uncle theory. The problem is, is you would just need to have so many extra kids to offset the kids the gay uncle is having. It doesn't make sense. Also, it doesn't make sense because you see similar rates of gay populations in animal species where you have no parental care, mammal species specifically. Mm -hmm. These are my that, two arguments. Thank you. That. That's the, you, I, this is, I didn't actually know that. And it's, <laughs> I like that you're strengthening my argument though. Yeah. Well, I mean, so people don't often consider if, if I would have two kids, like, okay, suppose I'm supposed to have four kids and my gay uncle's supposed to have four kids but he decides to have no kids and we still need to be like genetically successful as a family, then I need to double the number of kids I'm having. Like that's really hard. If you look at my family historically, I have my family's birth records. If I go great grandfather and back for like every person for like four generations, we had 12 kids each. A gay uncle was not going to double the 12 kids. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, like there, there might be like, maybe roundaboutly something to the gay uncle theory, but I find it kind of implausible. And for that reason, I'm like less swayed by thoughts that like maybe men like are self-selecting out of the gene pool a little bit by being submissive. I'm like, why would that be beneficial at all? My guess is it's more likely some sort of like weird anomaly or like a change in, in testosterone levels or something, but I don't know. Mm. Very interesting. Okay. I want to see if any other, other things here strike me as interesting. Oh, here's one. So, so the he wants to, to role play non consent. Like that was a controversial one, right? Mm -hmm. One that women really like that not many men ask for is you edge him and he edges you. Yeah, I was really Ed surprised by that one. <laughs> Edging in women is popular, but not in men. Yeah, I don't know what that 
I don't even know. I, I'm not really into edging personally, so it's like hard for me to develop. I have met someone who told me they were into edging, but apparently men don't ask this enough. So, yeah. Uh, to be fair, in this survey, the I actually didn't use identical phrasings for both of the edging, so it's possible that there's some artifact making like the gender thing different. But the over the absolute location of them are correct. Um, but yeah, but they, I don't know. They, here's one that almost all women are into, or a lot of women are into, but like guys don't realize women are into. He's experimental, suggesting unusual things, or he asks you to try an unusual but inoffensive fetish. So knowing your inoffensive fetishes as a guy is actually pretty safe with women. Even if there was one that was like, it even showed, even if you're not interested in it, I can't remember what that, like, that was the word yeah. you used. Somewhere. I think that might be the unusual, but inoffensive fetish one, I think. Okay. I can't remember. Another one that's actually pretty common from, that I think it surprised a lot of people is he's aroused by your pain. That not a lot yeah, of the men sadism. Are yeah yeah this is sadism gap men just don't like hurting women that much which is so funny because like a lot of like the anti-porn feminist stuff is like oh porn is corrupting men to make them like more brutal and rough with women and i'm like porn is accurately updating men excuse me <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you say this so we wanted to do an episode and this is what actually encouraged one of the things that encouraged us to reach out to you is i wanted to do a the data versus mary harrington i like mary harrington i've met her we've done interviews with her She's a nice person, but she will go out and say things like men like choking women because they watch porn and this means they hate women or like they look down on women. I'm like, no, women like being choked and not enough damn men are choking them. That's what the data says. Yep, absolutely. This is like one of the most robust findings around sex research is that women desperately want men to do this more. Although to be clear, this is like pretty bimodal for women. So like, this is like mm -hmm. the hurt me, please me spectrums that we have been talking about. Like, like and this might be why we're seeing such like a pushback publicly is because like women either really like being choked and hurt or they fucking hate it. And so you probably have women who fucking hate it, who are like, what the hell? Porn is teaching men to do things to me that I don't want them to do. And they sort of typical mind assume all of the other women are the same. Whereas like if things were like more, you know, normal distribution, maybe that those are less polarizing for the discourse. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really powerful. And I think that that's where we need to move. Like if you're having the honest discourse, which is what we try to do on this podcast, the truth is, is that this is a bimodal thing. You need to establish before you sleep with someone, whether or not this is something that they're interested in. Know that many more women who are interested in this have their partners actually doing it with them. But there is a portion of women who sleep with men who are trained to do this by the many women they're sleeping with because on average like half of women are into this and then they do it with this one woman who like hates it like it's a very bimodal and they're like oh my god how could you have done that to me do you hate me do you hate women are you a monster did you learn this from porn and it's like no i learned it from my ex she told me she liked it i don't know <laughs> yep yep absolutely Although I don't, I don't know. I mean, the data might say it's bimodal. My experience is it's like 80% of women. Well, um, it might be some selection effect. So like I have two boyfriends right now. One of the boyfriends is like, hmm, it sure seems like almost every woman I have sex with wants me to hurt her. That's interesting. I have my other boyfriend. It's like, I just have never really come across women who want rough sex. And I'm just like, what? And, Whoa! And these, Tell me, I, I don't need to know who they are. I want to know the personality profile. How are they attracting these two different categories? Yeah, it's, it's, it's so they both have extremely high body count. So it's not like there's something that they're putting out that's attracting different women. So I'm saying, I think you might be putting out the like, somehow, <laughs> I don't know. But like, it's interesting because both of them are quite traditionally male and like dominant feeling. They're both like, I'm a man who will ravish you, but in different ways. I think one of them's a lot sweeter. Oh, is the one who attracts the women who don't want that sweeter? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So here is the, here's the hypothesis. Oh, wait, sorry. Don't want. Yes. Sorry. I was confused by your. The, the one who. Sweeter one attracts the women who want to be hurt. Sweet guy attracts vanilla girls. Though to be fair, he's still quite. I Sweet feels like it's not really summing it up. He's much more emotive. He's like very emotional, like sinks into his body, embodied, like very like. Is this like, the one I met? Because he seemed very sweet to me. Which one did you, I thought, did you not meet both of 
Oh, I thought I, I don't know. I, 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 the number one main squeeze guy who I've referenced before. Uh, oh yeah, that was AI the that was the <laughs> Well, he he he's definitely more that he attracts women who are more like so brutally submissive. No, we're not naming anyone. We're not okay, okay, okay. No, he, okay. He so would like being named to be clear. I've asked him. He, he <laughs> <enjoys> <laughs> the about like um, I really want this guy right now or something, and like talking about your relationship is fun. I like it. Yeah, it's it's been going well. He I, he likes it when I talk about him because he was the one that wrote me like the "You're Not That Pretty" card. I don't know if you saw this at all. I love that post. Continue. <laughs> but that was in private Ayla room, right? In uh, I post this on Twitter and my final people started writing. This is one of the things that oh, people wrote articles the, about. Oh, sorry, I never know what's from the private chat yeah. and what's not. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, tell, well, this, talk about this. This is a good one. <laughs> yeah, so he wrote, he told me I wasn't that pretty. It was in context, it made more sense because I was like, I think everybody's gaslighting me about how hot I am. They're saying I'm pretty. I don't think I'm that pretty. And he was like, yeah, you're not that pretty. And I was like, my poor heart. Anyway, he wrote me a card saying, I'm sorry, because it was a very sweet moment that he ruined by saying that. I'm glad he did. Anyway, and I posted on Twitter and went viral. And then at the end of the viral tweet, I was like, if anybody wants to apply to have sex with him, here's a here's a form you can fill out. Did you talk and about how good he was in bed? He very, he's, this is, he can call me not that pretty all day, okay? His dick is fire. So, <laughs> which is interesting. So the, the form actually got quite a lot of responses. I think he had 150 women fill it out. And he has had sex with a lot of them at this point. Which is interesting that something like that attracts so many women. Like, my guess is that they were seeing him sort of neg me, in a sense. And, like, I'm, like, relatively, like, in this context, high status, right? Because I'm, like, have a lot okay. of Twitter followers or whatever. And okay. so they I, were perceiving I, him like, oh, if I can have sex with this guy, this sort of means that I'm special. Really highly about having sex with him. You have had sex with lots of people. When I was younger, I had a high body count, but one of the primary mechanisms that serves girls for me was other girls' opinions of sleeping with me. Mm. One girl would tell all her friends, one, yep. you can sleep with him, he's safe, and he's like fun in these ways. And I think that guys underestimate it. It's so funny. All these red pillars are out there, like, trying to be, like... And it's not... Like, I identify as a red pillar to some extent. I think they see some things that are true. But, like, they try to be, like, tough and, like, in and cruel towards women in a way sometimes. And it's, like, the easiest way to get women to have sex with you is to have another woman who they respect saying, you should go and have sex with this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super, this the Girl Whisper Network. <laughs> this is the way, reason I originally had sex with this guy, actually, is because one of my friends who he used to date was like, I think you might really enjoy sex with him. And I was like, take your, this is a good vouch. I'll go try it. It's turned out to be right. So Very Catherine the Great of you. Very what? Well, Catherine the Great used to have a person, I don't know if this is myth, but it's at least heavily canonized myth that Catherine the Great we used to have a woman who was supposed to sleep with all of her potential partners before her to see if they were worth her time. That's so smart. Oh, wait, I should get one of these. Wait, no, I think I Because <laughs> <laughs> this partner, he's, he has another girlfriend who I like quite a lot, and she's so super slutty. So I can just have, and we have very similar sex tastes. So I can just ask her. <laughs> I love this. You need an Ayla betting system. He needs a betting system now. Well, I mean, with 150 potential applicants here, this is what you get for sexually pleasing someone like Ayla. You get it published on Twitter and then a huge pool of applicants coming to you. But hold on. Actually, I want to, I, I think when you talk about the sweet guy versus the not sweet guy, contrarianism. I actually think contrarianism might be the difference. Is, this, is the guy who is attracting the vanilla girls not a contrarian? Well, no, it's, it's, well, it depends on what you mean by contrarian. I would say Does not he any... like, like arguing and disagreeing with the mainstream perspective? N no, not, not in that way, I think. Oh, okay. But well, he's very good at holding his ground and not like giving into what women sort of want. Like he passes shit tests with flying colors kind of thing. Oh, so this is interesting with me. Speaking of shit tests, because people, okay, first I'll define a shit test for people who don't know what they are. It's a theory within the red pill community that women will test you for your dominance to be like, hey, you, you know, whatever, right? When I was dating around, like, and sleeping around, I never got shit tests. I've gotten like maybe two shit tests in my entire life. I bet you got shit tests. I bet you got shit tested though. 
You think I'm I just too I'm too bl bl blind to notice that they were shit testing? Yeah, me? I was just like I oh, think you're too blind to notice because like the way that red pillars talk about shit tests are usually extremely obvious. Like the girl will like insult you and see if you falter, or mm -hmm. she'll like ask you to hold her purse is the classic example. But I think the vast majority of shit tests are significantly subtler, and they're more like like asking you a question to see if you try to like say a response that feels like you're trying to make her happy, like stuff like that. Oh, and you might not even notice it's happening. For reference, by the way, if a woman ever asked me to hold her purse, I wouldn't take that as a shit test. I would hold her purse. Like, yeah, I know. It's only like a shit, te shit test in like trad culture or something. It's not a shit test. Is, they're just like all. inconsiderate and they think they're being shit tested. But I love what you're saying. You're probably right there. Is they would ask me stuff, or maybe the reason they didn't shit test me is it was obvious I didn't care what they like mainstream society thought or what their opinion was. And I yeah. think that what shit tests might be deployed for is men who are trying to get a woman to sleep with them by pretending to mirror their belief system. Yep. Yeah, very much. I think this is very close to the sex. Did you read the sex is a status game post that I wrote? I liked it. I'm, well, okay. Tell me, tell me more about the reference here. But I wrote a post. So this is, it, it is sort of like a, I think shit tests are a subcategory. It's one like, of the tabs I have open on my screen right now, but continue. Yeah. It's, it's not a huge deal, but it's just, just describing like the ways that we do status games in interactions and how this is like very prevalent. And it's a lot of people have like a really negative connotation with the concept of status, but it doesn't have to be often. It's very like game-like and often it's very like playful. Like when you're flirting with somebody, this often involves a lot of status play. And so like I break down videos of like analyzing how like the status play is happening and like romantic interactions or whatever. But I think that shit tests are like one subcategory of this. Like you want to, you're testing the guy to see if he can like not be broken underneath your will or something it's like a, a strong way of putting it but it, it's much more subtler it's something like is this guy am i seeing who this guy is or am i seeing like a version of this guy who's like trying to warp himself into something to get into my pants so guys might not understand how important this is for women like this is not an idle thing so when i've been giving women like dating and sex advice and stuff like that they're like how do i tell if a guy's just telling me what i want to hear or if he is actually being honest to who he is because I'm looking for either a long-term partner or something like that, right? And a lot of guys learn they can just tell women what they want to hear to get the woman to sleep with him. There is a reason for women to be vetting for this. But I think yeah. that there's a certain type of guy, I might be an example of this, who's just so obviously not telling people what they want to hear that they don't need to test it that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's probably what's going on. They're like, oh, this guy doesn't give a shit what I think about him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's doing whatever he feels like. Anyway, I, I love this. This is fun. I, 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 I hate, so I love that I have a podcast now, that I have a reason to have you on to talk with me because I'm the type of person who like doesn't reach out to talk with my friends unless there's some immediate utility yeah, to me. Yeah, I'm like, okay, what's the advantage of talking to this individual right now? Which is so horrible. I'm a sociopath in that way, I guess. But I, I consider you a good friend. And so I'm glad that I have this excuse to chat with you in a way that potentially advances both of our interests. And to advance her interests, you need to go. And if you want to learn how to be good in bed for your long-term partner, or if you're like, oh, I'm not sure if this weird thing I'm into is actually normal to be into, learn if you're actually a freaky, pathetic weirdo. Or if you're... <laughs> If you're not, but you've got to get behind the paywall. I'm not giving you the paywall stuff. I actually thought, like, after I read your article, I was like, this would be a good solo episode, and I can put it on the screen. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. we got to get you oh, subscribed. I know. Um, yeah, I've decided to try to earn money, because I've been doing free research publishing and quite a lot of work for years. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should try to get a little bit of pay. So I'm paywalling well, some of it now. Well, you, you, yeah, what's, what was the point of sleeping with all these people if you didn't, <laughs> if you weren't doing it to collect data so that now you can turn around and use it on the public and be like, hey, do you want somebody who objectively has more data on sleeping with people than maybe all but a hundred thousand people in human history? It's like her and Genghis Khan here, people. You're not going to get better advice. Oh, thanks. It's <laughs> a great review. I, I, no, it's, it's true. I, I think it's like objectively, you probably know more about sex and is one of the reasons why your research is good. You also, if you watch the first interview I did with her in the series, so I did one before, before doing this one, you're so obviously like autistic-y. You're so stilted when like you start conversations and stuff like that. Like you're just <laughs> interested in the data and you're like, yes, that data is true. That is what I found in my study. It was interesting. <laughs> Oh, 
No, but what I'm saying is people think, they think, oh, this woman's a quote-unquote sex worker or whatever. That means that she must be like a charismatic type woman. And and you are not a charismatic type woman. You I can are... occasionally be good at role-playing it. I feel like I've learned to like step into like the hot woman. Oh, talk about this. How do you role-play a charismatic feminine woman? Like, well, what are you embodying when you do I that? I have this video on YouTube, which is like a guide to being seductive or something where I go through all of like the concrete small shifts to my body language that I make in order to like become a woman that men find attractive. But I just do cam girl. Like, cam girl huh? I'm saying, check out this video. That's what I'm telling the audience. Oh, yeah. Continue. Uh, it, Cause with cam girling, it's like if it, uh, you, so you live stream people watch you and you tip you. And so you get like money based on how much you can, how hot you can be and generate their money. And, so I did this over time and you get very rapid feedback. Like people are either giving you money or they're not. And like your average money earning like affects your rankings. So you have like really clear in, like feedback about like the kinds of things that you're doing that lead to people giving you more money. And over time, I did this for like five or six years. Over time, I figured out that like, oh, different body language and different ways I use my voice generates more tips. And so this is like brute force like iteration led to being able to be like a hot woman. Um, it's not just Bruce Force iteration. I've watched interviews with you where you're like, I looked up the top videos in the camming site and stuff like that. I tried to develop patterns in the statistics of these <laughs> videos. I tried to then emulate them. Yeah, I had like instructions on the wall behind me for like different body language things that I would look and like remember to keep doing. Yeah, you, you are guys so are not that aroused by like autist girl. Guys are aroused by like horny girl. And so you have to like signal sexual arousal. And, and availability and vulnerability pretty pretty hard. What is the number one advice you'd give to a girl who was on a date who didn't know how to signal this? I mean, if she's like me, I know what advice to give, but like people are not sexy the, in very different my ways. audience is disproportionately, severely autistic. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. you said that, it's like, you don't understand how autistic they are <laughs> you do not understand these people are little simones imagine you're giving advice to Sim i don't know if she's like you but she has an aspect of you in in that regard <laughs> yeah this is true i don't know maybe like talk slower and use simpler language don't use big words and speak slow Literally, men like they're little dumb animals. They will think that you are a little <laughs> dumb animal, and that is what they want yeah. to believe. You need L to simplify honestly, your language. Yeah. You need to. I love it. I love it. I actually wonder if that's something I could. I couldn't do that if I was told to do that. I'd never be able to. Oh gosh, there was something else I wanted to ask you that I was really excited about in regards to. Ah, I forget. A really fun one might be to do like a interview version of like a how do you get escorts thing. I love she did a full thing on how to actually like what the process of hiring an escort and vetting an escort is like. And I would never do this, but it was fascinating to read. And I suspect yeah, that's it was my actually hope. cross-culturally. Because when I was in yeah, Korea, my, the process of hiring an escort was different. Yeah. Yeah, my... Oh, was it really? I don't know. I just know that right. businessmen, like they would ask me like other VCs and stuff like that. They'd be like, do you want to go hang out with an escort tonight? Like in the US, this doesn't happen as much. But in Korea, this is pretty normal. I was like, I'm married. And they're like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah. We're getting an escort. We're not marrying her. Yeah, I think the cultural attitude towards escorts was so different over there. Have you Have you done anything in Japan or Korea or anything like that? No. That might be an interesting market. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I have no idea where to start there, but we could try. We have to relearn the whole game, I think. No, 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 I wouldn't relearn the whole game. This is what I do. If I, okay, so I'm just business advice here. Go to Japan and Korea. Find out who the number one escort or sexual influencer is in both of those mm -hmm. cultures. Whoever the individual is, they will almost certainly know who you are or be likely to reply to you. Do cross promotion with them, i.e. have them write something for your blog about their culture, sexual practices, and then do an episode with them on their podcast or anything like that. And you will both draw an audience that neither of you has full access to right now. Hmm, that's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> 
here's here's another one I want to hear your thoughts on. I remembered what I wanted to hear. So Simone and I did an episode on that whole, you know, yum 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 trend and stuff like that, like idol <laughs> yeah. sexualization. You know the one I'm talking about, right? What yeah. do you think is going on there, and what are your thoughts on that as somebody who like studies what people like? I don't. Well, I know that I kept watching it. I don't know if you, it had the same impact on you, but like everybody's talking about it. I kept it being on my timeline. And I noticed that every time the video came on my timeline, I just wanted to watch it again. And I'm like, there must be something, there's something in it that's like hitting my brain that like must be also hitting other people's brains. It was difficult for me to tell. So it might not even like, be sexual. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily sexual, although you just add a sex drive on top of it and it might amplify it. Yeah. Like a lot of sexual it, things are kind of like that. For people who want that, we need a meme of when Simone was pretending to do it. She did a very good oh, job. Was she of pretending it. She to was, do it? Yeah. I would love to see that. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, it kind of reminds me of like like Pixar characters. Pixar characters, you take like the most expressive features and you blow it up. And sometimes on TikTok, people like replicate, you know, Pixar animation style. Well, they're like, they'll like do a thing and, you know, talk as though they are an animated character and everything is like more exaggerated and like more caricature. -y. And this is very much sort of what she was doing. Like, I think if I remember correctly, she had like makeup that emphasized like more neonness or whatever. And then had the very caricature, like animated kind of expressions. Uh, well, and these would also remind not... me of something that we were talking about on this, which is that people think that these people are like idiots who are doing this or something like that. These women, like one of the main ones who did this, there were two main ones, has a, a, a kid. She's trying to provide for the kid. This is all about like long-term career stuff. Like if you watch her videos, like analyzing how she caught this wave, how she exploited this wave, it's all very much career focused. And oh, that is yeah. not something to grade her for. You know, she's doing this to support a kid and give them a good life. Oh yeah, there's no like, yeah, I, she. When people do this, they look dumb, which is maybe why people think they are dumb. But like, in order to be on that sort of wave early, you have to have some level of like intelligence and boldness. It's like really hard to be on the front wave of a viral thing and like not be that smart. Yeah, she's probably yeah. like above average IQ. Yeah. Well, I don't want to hold you forever. I know this was the end of this. I'm just having fun talking to you now at this point. I'm just like, oh, I'm chatting with Ayla. Oh. <laughs> Oh, here's something I could do on the fetish, the, the fetish one is things that guys do. Okay, here's something that I guess I shouldn't be that surprised about because everybody tells you this. Something that guys do a lot that women are not actually interested in is he focuses primarily on your vagina as opposed to your clitoris. Yeah. And this one is interesting because in one of my updated surveys where this one is just about what men do, but then I had another survey where men predict what women like, and which is separate from what they're actually doing and men over predicted women's preference for focus on clitoris so this is not because men are not aware that women do not like clitoris stimulation they just, don't, they just don't want to as much as women want it i'm gonna be honest it's too much effort i don't i don't really care <laughs> here, here, here <laughs> Bro, if you're a guy who's getting a lot of, a lot of them just don't, like, oh, that's actually effort. Uh, the other one I was surprised about that both men did a lot and women liked a lot because I didn't think either one of these things would be the case is doggy style. Yeah. Doggy style is an incredibly difficult position to make good in my like experience. Really? Like for you or for her or for both? It might be because I'm a tall guy. Yeah, maybe. Um, I've definitely seen girls doggy style with a strap on before. You can't really do that much in terms of grabbing or touching other erogenous zones because, mm. you know, you're in a position where to do that, you have to put additional weight on her, which I would prefer not to do. And then you're, the woman's in a position where you, you need to align perfectly. Like, not all women of all height and all men of all height can doggy style. You need to have a very tight matchup for that to work for it to be one of the most aligned things that guys do a lot and women like a lot was very surprising to me yeah Sorry, maybe it's less surprising but maybe because i like it more than you like it yeah yeah maybe these logistical problems aren't a problem for you and you're not like oh yes doggy style is always a logistical nightmare well, I mean, it can be. It's definitely like one of the less comfortable, but there's something like it hits like an unusual like 
it's like a different kind of feeling, which is really nice. And I think it's a little bit more dehumanizing, which is good. And also from the man's perspective, you can like more clearly see a penis entering. So if you were visually stimulated by watching penis. Oh, interesting. But what you're watching it entering is undifferentiated from a man often. Or not uh, particularly. What? I'm seeing a woman from the back. I'm not seeing any of the sexually dimorphic characteristics. I'm not seeing breasts. Well, I'm not seeing a face. Seeing... Women don't have a, as much of that as most women think they do. <laughs> um, Holy shit. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> oh gosh, am I? <laughs> women need to get over themselves, okay? <laughs> I know. Here's a fun thing that you might find fun, which has changed about Simone recently. So Simone recently has changed to long hair. She's growing out her hair again to have like medium length long hair. And something that I've noticed is that at different stages of a woman's life, there's different optimal like look categories. Like when Simone was in this younger category, I really preferred the short hair, which to me was like the Vulcan look. I always loved that look. Or recently mm -hmm. we're watching Hackers was like early Angelina Jolie. I know why like I like this short hair look, right? But it doesn't work for middle-aged women. And so she needs to change the way she's presenting to be sort of maximally, and yeah. it's not just me, it's also for society as well. Like society does not respect short hair, middle-aged women. Short hair is for young women. Like what are your thoughts on other things where like you can change your optimization as you age? I mean, like in general, long hair is more feminine overall. In general, men tend to prefer long hair. It's more associated with youth. So, but it's like, like there's points you can spend. Like there's memes about how like, you know you're pretty if you can pull off a bald look. And if you're not pretty, you can't afford to cut your hair. And so Simone's like quite pretty. And so it seems like she's sort of like has a lot of pretty points to spend before it actually starts impacting people's attraction to her, which makes sense that she can pull off short hair. But in general, you want to maximize this, like these the signs of youth as much as possible once you hit your 30s. Yeah, well, I mean, you could optimize for different things. Like when you're older and you're still trying to optimize signs of youth, it's pretty bad. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work and this is actually interesting and i'd love to see i i suspect that this is the path you're gonna go as a sex icon which is a lot of sex icons sort of refuse to give up the uh ephemera of youth you know this is what a madonna was it madonna? who am i thinking of yeah madonna or marilyn yeah. or no madonna yeah she keeps trying to look young like she tries to capture this young look where i actually think that as you're aging you could probably get a wider audience by appealing to a new kink around your new age category. Probably, but my guess is people still like hot older women. If you're an older woman, you probably want one that looks like a young, like a aged healthful, healthily older woman. And a lot of people have plastic surgery you don't notice. Like a lot of like older celebrities that look mm -hmm. sort of their age, maybe just look like they've aged super well and are still kind of pretty. They've probably had a ton of plastic surgery. So yeah, I plan on surgering it up real hard but this you is I'm still old though. you can only oh yeah i've already surgeried myself i am a transhumanist like i would like to ah! my body as much as possible <laughs> well i'll tell you what i can't tell you look fantastic i don't say about people who have surgery themselves generally i'm not a, a fan of it simone yeah. is oh, continue well it's it's i think it's like suffers from sort of visibility bias like kind of like trans people, like you notice that somebody's trans if they're not passing well, and if they pass, you don't even notice that they're trans. So in your mind, all the trans people you've seen are bad at passing. And I think the same is with plastic surgery. Uh, all the plastic surgery you've seen is by definition, bad plastic surgery, but tons of people get little tweaks all the time. You never know. Interesting. I'm going to counter here. I think that you're right about plastic surgery with trans people. I, I heard something about trans people recently that really stuck with me, which is that most trans people don't pass. Like the, 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 the passing trans person is actually pretty rare. And that because of that, trans people sort of rely on society to go along with this sort of delusion, not, not this delusion, but like to agree with them. And this is why it's so important for the trans movement to push so hard on this issue, because most trans people don't pass and they rely on everyone pretending that they do. Yeah, I agree that this, which I think is actually quite cruel for trans people. Like you're doing like this weird psychological thing where like, yes, you're a woman and you, but like other people aren't going to treat you like a woman, but like we're saying that that's not what, what a woman is. And then I think it's like, just creates a lot of confusion and dysphoria for them, which is terrible. Yeah. But I still, I did update in this direction after like 
occasionally meeting people that I thought were cis that turned out to be translator. And and I agree that like maybe this is rarer than than not passing or something. But after mm -hmm. having that experience, I realized that, oh, like my felt sense of like the passingness of trans people is like actually has been off because I was failing to take into consideration these people that I knew personally that turned out to actually be trans. And that, that did shift the way that I viewed trans people, like the passingness. Oh, that's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And that would that would make a lot of sense. Like Nikki Tutorials. Do you know Nikki Tutorials, the YouTuber? No, I don't. I'll look this up. Nikki Tutorials is somebody like I was aware of vaguely for many years. She's this like this woman who does makeup tutorials. And she's to me, she's been just been like a lady, clearly a lady. She's just a woman. And then at one point she had a coming out where she admitted that she was trans. And I was like, holy holy fuck i think that was actually probably one of wow. the best things that happened to i trans just women. thought she was trans because she was yeah when i catch trans women who otherwise pass it's because they're attractive but she's not attractive enough for me to question it yeah, i, I don't look like this consultingly but yeah yeah sure she sounds like a woman like i don't know this is this is like when i'm like I, if you if you're a transphobe and you're like oh but like you call her a man i feel like that's just there's something weird going on like she's clearly not well, yeah, the Simone has the horrifying opinion. I don't know if you've seen, we have the What is a Woman episode, and Simone's like, yeah, I consider someone a woman if they pass. And that is like yeah. the most offensive thing you can say, but I genuinely think that's the way most people feel. Yeah, that was basically what I argued in my article, like what also called what, what a woman is. <laughs> where, where I'm like, like, I think by definition, the way that we've practically used the concept of a trans of a woman is somebody who it looks like a woman, <laughs> which I, so I think, I think I'm very pro trans and I think we need to develop better technology to help people pass. Because like, if I were trans, I would want to like go all the way to the opposite side and be convincing. And that would be the thing that feels best for me. And I think everybody should have access to that. So. Well, I mean, I think that we should have technology that doesn't mean that they need to fully transition. I think that we should have technology that allows them to fill any body type they want. And I think a lot of trans people who I know don't actually necessarily want to fully transition. They want to be FUDA. They want to be, you know, many other things. But like, they, 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 the problem is, is right now there's like this ghoulish plastic surgery monster that isn't necessarily particularly different from an old woman who's trying to be a young woman. It's not unique to transness. It's just a product of the technology that we have right now. But as we move yeah, more which I think is quite fire, tragic. Yeah, it is, it is tragic. It is tragic. I agree. And especially when you attribute that much trauma to being like misgendered and stuff like that, I, I can't imagine how much pain they experience every day. Now, yeah. of course, I'm really hoping AI gives us like updates in tech that allows us to modify bodies in a way that like helps dysphoria. I think that'd be lovely. Well, I, I think what we're actually going to see before that is people are not interacting in person as much anymore. And I think that this will enable non-in-person interactions at a higher level within this community mm. where they can better model themselves as other types of things within online environments. Because I think that comes before better transition technology. That's fair, yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, oh, actually, here's a question for you. How could you arbitrage... Well, I guess the sheer content you have of you. Yeah, you could use that to arbitrage online environments. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, it, it probably doesn't, it probably wouldn't be that hard for somebody else to compete. Like you just have to generate that. It doesn't take that long, I think, to generate as much information to make good models, but. Yeah. Well, I've okay, had I I do have the... I'm sorry, I'm just looking for excuses to keep talking to you because it's, it, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I think I when we first met and I was like, ah, person that i like oh yeah that. no so we met the first time and we ended up talking to like 3 a.m that day and i was just like oh my god i i love this person so much uh, and and i don't do that i do not stay up late people don't know this about me yeah i i can be with a billionaire and i will take naps in between talking sessions because it, it kills me you know i i cannot stay up you were just like so compelling to me yeah, you too. It was great. It was like meeting a kid. It's like, oh my god, somebody from I don't know what tribe we're we're both from, but it was like felt like meeting somebody from your hometown or something. It was really nice. No, no, I did. Yeah, you know, it was like a sister or something. As I said, like I don't, I don't, I don't identify. With, I identify with my brother. You need to meet my brother. You'd like my brother. You need to come out yeah. here sometime. Yeah. When when you start having kids, we'll, oh, yeah. we'll bring you out. We gotta. 
I have I have pushed hard for who I think would be a good father in a few <laughs> unsettled suggestions. Um, <laughs> who who yeah. seems to have some level of dedication to you and cares about you but this is just me as an outsider saying this is a physically fit intellectually sharp <laughs> person who seems to care about you yeah well we will see i am going through an egg freezing process soon so there oh will be. please do the world i need my kids to have partners you know we're doing arranged marriages for our kids right <laughs> I hope they like that. No, no, we don't. They don't have to do the arranged marriage. The way it oh, works yeah. gives them an option. And we say, if you don't take this option, we're not doing it again. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's horrifying. Like, how could you do that? Like, you know, and, and when we talk to like young people about this and they're like, I love this idea. Like if only somebody was just like, okay, here's your one choice. Take it or leave it. Your parents thought it was a good option. They know their parents. If you have kids, I'm definitely putting you in the pool. I'll be sending you a letter if you have kids that are around my kids' age to marry and they're like competent, like non like spaz outs. I'm gonna be like, okay, yeah. I have vetted you and your partner. You both seem intellectually competent, healthy yeah, individuals. Uh, if the embryo goes well, then you hell yeah. Mm. Well, this is the thing. You're like, why do you want to marry somebody like was in your family? Well, like who you see as a sister? It's like. No, no, no. If you see someone as a sister, it means you don't want them. You don't want to sleep with them. I don't want to have kids with you. But the best marriages are second cousin marriages in terms of producing <laughs> genetically healthy offspring. So. Well, then we have to keep this recording then so that they can play it at their wedding one day. Right? They'll be like, oh, my God, those creeps. <laughs> anyway, okay. have a, a, a spectacular day, Ayla. This has been a yeah, lot of you fun. Too. This is and lovely. I got to more as an excuse to talk. And you know our podcast is actually doing well now. Do you know right now we're at 13.7 thousand hours of watch time per 28-day period? Wow, dude, good job. So you're so, you're so time, on. Yeah, we have about like 13 people watching us talk at any given time. I would expect nothing time. less. Anyway, I, I really appreciate it and have a spectacular day. And okay. I'm, I'm glad that things are going well with you in this this project you're doing, the how to have sex better, because it is such a good niche for you. Thanks. Have a great right. day. Okay. Bye-bye.